Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Wakis-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Coming up on this episode of The Entrepreneurial You... We think we want money in order to to buy new things and and all of that, but really what we want money for, what it comes down to is to be free. Welcome back to The Entrepreneurial You. I'm your host, Henneka Watkins-Porto. Today's episode is brought to you by Bookophilia, Peak Performers. Are you looking for a space that fosters a peaceful and productive working environment for writing and multifaceted creative expression? then Bookophilia is the place to be. Today's guest is a podcaster, performance coach, and speaker for 10 years now. Throughout the course of that time, he has coached thousands of people, from college students to NFL superstars. He is the magic behind MWF Motivation. I'm so happy to have on the Entrepreneurial You, Rob Dial. Welcome, Rob, to the Entrepreneurial You. Oh well, thank you. I'm I'm excited to be here. I've never, I've never thought about the fact that I'm the magic behind it, but that's that's a great way of putting it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you do. I'm glad you do. I have a fun question for you. Okay. If you were to have three wishes granted, what would they be? Um, the first one is, you know, I, I even though it's gonna make <laughs> it's gonna make me sound like a a beauty pageant or something like that, that like a, a girl that's in a pageant. Uh, the first one would be, <laughs> well, no, the first, actually, yeah. Like I, I legitimately absolutely hate um, the fact that immature older men cannot get along with each other and bicker like a bunch of kids over in, you know, indifferences, differences between them, but then also, um, uh, you know, invisible boundaries and lines. And so I think that what really drives me crazy, one of the things that pisses me off the most is just the fact that innocent people are killed by, uh, by older men that, you know, can't get their politics together. So that's, that's actually, you know, my main driver, which is my beauty pageant answer for sure. Um, the second thing, if I could have any wish, it would be, um, to not have to sleep, I think is another one. That's pretty good. I wouldn't wish for money, but I think if I didn't have to sleep, I'd be you know, twice as productive on top of it. Um, and then the third thing is that I think I would um, wish extreme self-awareness for everybody in the world, because I think that's one thing that people really lack. And if they had more self-awareness, they'd be able to make changes in their life and, and really make changes in the world as well. Awesome. Awesome. I just wish that you could have been, you know, granted those three wishes. Hmm. I know, if right? Wishes... I think everything would be better if we could do, if we could just get those three wishes. You know, <laughs> if, we, if wishes were horses, beggars would indeed ride. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So before we get into, you know, our main talk, we want you to share with us, our listeners, our peak performers, your social media um pages so that you know they can tweet at you connect with you while we're talking so if, uh, when you say tweet at me i do have a twitter i don't put a whole lot of time into it but they could uh the two main ones that i i have the most um i put the most time into is my facebook is facebook.com slash mwf motivation which has about this point in time about eighty thousand people that follow it and then my instagram is instagram.com yeah instagram 
facebook.com slash MWF motivation they can go to, or it's just the handle at MWF motivation. Awesome. You started, Rob, in sales at 19 years old, right? And you were promoted to run a franchise within the company at 21, where you grew it to a multi-million dollar business. Mm-hmm. What company was that? And take us through that journey. So it was uh, Cutco Knives, um, which if, if you've never heard of them, some, most people have, some people haven't. Um, Cutco, we basically sold knives in, you know, some I, personal, in my opinion, the best knives in the world. Um, in people's houses. And so, uh, what the, the whole journey was, I was a 19 year old college kid and I went in for an interview and saw that, you know, there were 20, 21 year old kids who were making a thousand dollars a week by selling knives in, in people's houses. And I knew nothing about knives. I didn't know anything about cooking. I'm still a terrible cook at 31. Um, but I was like, you know, if these people could do it, I could do it as well. And so, um, what it really set me off on, I, I went in for the job really to make money. That was it. I never made money in my life. I was, you know, the job I had before that is I was, my, my title was a bird and fish specialist at PetSmart. Um, so I was never really making a bunch of money. I was making like $7 an hour there. Mm-hmm. And I saw a bunch of kids making a lot of money. And um, that was what originally attracted me. But I didn't realize that that starting at that company would set me on a completely different path of my life make me focus on personal growth and becoming the best that I could. And so by the time I was 21, I was promoted to run an office with them. Um, you know, grew it to one of the biggest offices in the United States, uh, broke a bunch of records, trained a few thousand people. And, um, you know, I guess you could say the rest is history, but that was, uh, we can go more into it if you like, but that's, that's kind of the, uh, in a nutshell, the, uh, the process of that. So, so you started sales and before mm-hmm. you, before you actually went into sales, was it something that you thought to yourself that you could do and you'd be good at, or it was just, okay, let me try this because I need the money. A little bit of both. So I always wanted to be in sales. And the reason why I was because when I was younger, my father was in sales. Um, and I remember, you know, I remember being in high school and I wanted to be a car salesman. And the only reason why was because I knew that salespeople made money. And the second thing is I knew that I loved cars, um, but nobody wants to hire, no car place wants to hire a 16 year old kid to sell cars for them. Um, nobody's going to really buy a car from a 16 year old kid. I don't think so. Um, I didn't necessarily, I wouldn't say I had the confidence in myself that I would be good. Um, just because of the fact that I was extremely shy at that time. Um, but it really forced me to get out of my shell and, you know, by the time I was 20 years old, I was interviewing people who were 40, 50, 60 years old sometimes, and then running three-day, 17-hour training seminars for them, um, but just being 20 years old. And so it really forced me to get better at my communication skills. It forced me to get good at getting in front of people and speaking in front of people as well. So um, I always wanted to be in sales, but I didn't necessarily think that I would be a great salesperson just because of the fact that I was really shy and kind of not very confident as well. And what were some of the infrastructure, as it were, that were in place that would have enabled you to become so successful at it? So, well, the infrastructure with with Cutco is that they have a really good training program. Um, so their training program is known. If, if, you, if, if you meet someone who, who's been in Cutco or had been in Cutco for at least a few years, they're usually a very sharp, super on-point person. And the reason why is because they recruit a lot of people and a lot of people quit because it's such a hard job. And so for someone to stick there for a while says a lot. And so, um, the infrastructure that they had was that they have a really good training program. Um, but what it forced you to do, you know, they were, I think the the best part about them was the culture. 
for people who worked there for a while, it turned into like a bubble of positivity and personal growth and everyone talking about the books that, you know, you have 19, 20, 21 year old kids who are talking about the books that they were reading, the conferences they were going to, the money that they were investing into themselves. When I was, when I was 19 years old, after I started with them, a few months after I started with them, I paid $500 a month, which was, I only paid $300 a month for rent, but I paid $500 a month to actually have a one-on-one coach to make me better. And that's the type of infrastructure they had where it's like, if you really want to become your best, they, they talk about how they teach skills for life. And, and in reality, it was 100% skills for life for me. And um, I, I could have gone down a completely different path as a, as a person. Um, but at 19 years old, being you know someone that was just like a sponge, um, I ate it all up. And it was, it was the, the, definitely the, a, a big turning point in my life. So at 21 years old, well, I mean, even before 21 years old, you know, you were a lot of young people that age will be feeding their party habits, feeding, you know, going mm-hmm. to, um, you know, different uh, locations, just having a great mm-hmm. time. But you mm-hmm. were actually feeding your mind. Mm-hmm. And how, when did, well, when did you recognize that feeding your mind was so important and that, you know, it is actually propelling you into the success that you want for your life? Yeah, it was hard because, you know, I'm, I'm from Florida. And so I ran an office with them when I was 21 years old in that summer. And it was the summer that I had turned 21, which is the legal drinking age in Florida. And so I was finally able to drink and lived in Florida. And I could have gone out and partied and done those things, which I still did sometimes. I was still, you know, a teenager and in college and, you know, a 21 year old and in college and all of that stuff. But um, I kind of started to notice that there was two different paths that I could take. When I was 19, when I first started, I, I partied a lot. Like I did a lot of partying in high school. I did a lot of partying in college, but I started to realize that I could continue down that path and that path would not take me to where I wanted to go in life. Or I could look at all the people that I was, whose books I was reading, whose conferences I was going to, and realize that if I start putting the right things in place right now, that it could set me up to be extremely successful later on in life. And that was just the, the theory that I had. And I thought it would be that way. And it was hard to, to say no when my friends would call me up and say, Hey, you know, there, there's, there's a bunch of girls that are in town from Michigan and they're in town for the week. Do you want to come hang out with us at the beach? And it's like, I, I couldn't say yes to them. Um, it's hard not to say yes, but it was like, I, I know, I knew what I was working for and I just had the vision of what my life was going to be. And, you know, 10, 11 years down the road, I'm glad that I did make those decisions because it set me up to be way further ahead than most people that are, that are my age now. And so, um, I guess I kind of had the foresight that it that it would change my life, and and luckily I was I was right, which is <laughs> otherwise it would have been a waste. So I'm glad that it, I'm glad that it uh, it worked out the way that it did. And those friends that you hung out with when you were going through college and so on, you know, and 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 those friends who actually wanted you to be partying and going out, you know, the times when you chose not to. Where are they now, generally? There's still some of my my friends, like my best friends from when I was younger and in high school, and all those things. Um, and some of, some of them are doing pretty decent for themselves, but some of the people that I picked up, you know, in the actual company and, and growing and trying to become or come better are, are way further ahead than, than the rest of them. And so it's kind of like, I have my, my good friends from, from high school and the people that I know, and I still love them. They're great people. But if we're talking just specifically, you know, not judging them as a person, but judging where they are in their life as far as, you know, people want to judge, which would be success, I guess. Um, they're not 
really successful. They have normal day jobs and, and those types of things. Uh, another example, though, of someone who I you know, became best friends with and I, I met through Cutco when I was 19 or 20 years old, um, he just became a realtor three months ago and is killing it as a realtor. And most realtors you know, might make $40,000 in their first year. Um, he just switched over three months ago to being a realtor and this month alone made $45,000 and already has a team of people under him three months into being a realtor. And so it really shows you like the type of skills that you learn at that company and the type of mindset that you develop. Because I, I always like to think of it as like, you can go to the gym and you can work out your body and you can grow your muscles by putting them under stress and making them better and you know training them. That's exactly how your brain is. is if you can put yourself through stress and through you know learning discipline and the right habits, then it's just very easy for you later on in life for things to be thrown at you and you can just go past them and you know throw them off and, and you know you don't really have as many limiting beliefs or fears holding you back because you've already gone past them 10 years ago. And so there's a big difference between you know people that and, and some of the people could, to be completely honest with you I came from the number one underage drinking per capita in the United States the the city for it. And also for one of the highest in the, in the United States for um, overdoses on pills. And so I know a lot of people who have, who have died that I used to hang out with um, just from overdosing. And so if you take that, um, could have been a path that I went down or, you know, and I didn't versus, you know, some of my friends that are, you know, successful and further along just because they set themselves up at a young age. Rob, we're going to take a break now to thank my sponsor. When we come back, we're going to look at, you know, how you, that mindset that you would have crafted, you would have de developed, you know, um, through working at that company, how it has now transitioned you into a top coach, peak performers. Success is something that we all work towards as an end goal, but we need it to be in the right environment to make it happen. Bookophilia is dedicated to providing a space for book, coffee, and tea lovers, creatives, educators, students, and professionals who want ideas, innovation, and inspiration. They have a variety of high-quality books, a cafe, events such as book launches, signings, and art exhibitions, and professional services uniquely tailored to your needs, culture, and tastes. Their environment provides for the full literary arts experience, allowing for multifaceted creative expressions. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bookophilia. Welcome back. Welcome back, Rob. Let's now Thanks. go right, let's now, now go into your transitioning from you know, an employee to your now, well, you, you own your own company because you actually manage that franchise, but, you know, into the world-class coach that you, that you are now. Take us through that journey. When did you decide, you know, that I want to be a coach? So I, I started doing coaching a long time ago when I was younger. Um, and what happened was I was with the company and I was successful. I was doing well, but I was I was honestly working about 100 to 110 hours a week because I was so obsessed with becoming the number one manager ever that I burnt myself out. And I decided that I was going to leave the company. I left the company and I thought, okay, you know, I got a really good offer to work for another company. Um, maybe I'll go with them and you know, do some sales and do some training for them. So I, I had a different experience where instead of going and becoming an employee and deciding that I wanted to become an entrepreneur, I was an entrepreneur 
who then became an employee and then decided he wanted to become an entrepreneur again. And so I went into the corporate world for five years and realized that honestly, it's, it's good for some people, but for me, it just, it was not what I wanted. Um, I, I just don't deal well with being an employee. I'm, I'm the type of person where I, I like to think of ideas and then execute on the ideas and make money off of it as well. So I went into the corporate world and did training and sales training and sales for companies and was very successful doing it and made a good amount of money. But in December of 2014, um, I was I was making more money than I ever had in my entire life. Uh, my base pay for a company was over six figures plus commission on top of it. And I was doing great, but I was just completely unfulfilled with what I was doing. And so what I decided was I was going to leave that company and so that was in December of 2014. And in January, I, have, I still have my journal and I saw it the other day. In January of 2015, I wrote down on a piece of, in my, in my journal on a piece of paper, I want to create a job where I can help as many people as possible get what they want, really bring out their true potential and be able to do all of this um, from a computer and be fulfilled. And so my thing was like two, two years ago, I wanted to be able to do something where even if I didn't make as much money as I was in the other company, I would still be, I would still be driven to wake up every single morning and do it and to be able to give something to people. And so I was trying to think of it. I was like, how can I do it? How can I, what is, what is the format that I can do this for? And so it took me about four months of planning. And I was like, I I finally figured out, you know what, I'm going to do podcasts and that's how I'm going to get my message out there. Because I feel like of almost a decade of just personal growth and hundreds of books that I've read and things that I've learned and habits I've started and discipline I've learned in my in my ways to create discipline and habits that I have a lot to to offer people and so I decided to start a podcast and uh, you know within the first year it got over a million downloads or um, well on the way to uh, two million downloads within sixteen months or you know eighteen months now that seventeen months actually is how long it's been since it's been going and uh, been able to build a, a following between Facebook and Instagram of over a hundred thousand people. And it's only growing from there. And so the, the best part about it, that was when I quit my job, I was making the most money I ever had at that time. Now I'm 10 times, a hundred times more fulfilled than I ever had been, but I'm making more money than I could even possibly have dreamt of when I was working for somebody else. So it really shows you when you decide to just kind of cut free, uh, from the, the salary and from the safety net, um, and really go for what you want to do and what you're passionate about, that the money will completely follow you. And that's, I'm, I'm living proof of that. We're going to talk a little about the salary and the safety net, you know, cutting, breaking free mm-hmm. from that. But before we do that, tell us the name of your, your podcast, because we want to also listen to it. Yeah, so it's uh, MWF Motivation, stands for Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which is, I get th- the three days a week that it comes out. And um, just a quick I like to call it short to the point, no BS podcast. Um, so I'm not the motivational person. It's like, hey, I believe in you. High five. We can do it together. I'm kind of like the one that's the the kick in the butt that tells you that you need to get your life together and these are the steps to do it. So it's usually about five to 15 minutes. So it's real quick. It's short to the point. So someone can listen to on the way to work or you know, a couple of they can listen to on, in the gym while they're there. And so, um, and that's why, you know, the Facebook and the Instagram, both of those are MWF motivation. You touched on something earlier that 
you know, you, you, it's so, you know, when you decided to just break free from the salary, the security of the salary and, and, you know, the safety net that you're in that the, that the job provides persons mm-hmm. are listening to us now or community members are listening to us and they may be going through, you know, a situation where they're wrestling with an idea. They know it's a great idea and they think, you know, that they want to pursue this idea, but for some reason they are so fearful because they won't have the security of a nine to five, which a nine to five gives, mm-hmm. you know, they won't. Mm-hmm won't have that paid vacation and they won't have that insurance that's covered and, and, and health insurance coverage and all of that. Mm-hmm. Take us through um, just, you know, to the point where we can actually sever ties with that and just go for what we want. Yeah. So a couple of things that you said that were good. Number one, the, the paid vacation, um, which is great because of the fact that I used to hate the fact that I had paid vacation because I wanted to be on vacation all of the time. I didn't want to have you know, 10 to 15 days of vacation that I could take a year. Um, and so for me, like I, in, in one month, I'm moving to Italy with my girlfriend for six months because of the fact that we've built a system in companies where we can do that. And so when someone says paid vacation, I'm like, screw paid vacation. I'm going to go on. My life is going to be vacation and I'm going to figure out a way to get paid while doing it. And so that's, that's the, the, the first part of it where that's, that was one of the things that really made me want to leave. The second thing was this, you know, working a nine to five, you have to realize Monday through Friday, nine to five, that's just arbitrary stuff that was made up by somebody that was no smarter than you and I. And so I'm very much the type of person that questions everything that is done by society or that we follow the rules that we follow, not the laws, because I'm not going to go breaking any laws, but the rules that we follow of the way we're supposed to act and in the way that, that, that we're, we're told to be in, in working nine to five and Monday through Friday. And I had one time, I really clearly remember when I was working for somebody else and, uh, it was in 2014 when all of this really started to to come to a breaking point and like a fever pitch of just like, I've got to start my own thing. And I had a doctor's appointment and it was like 11 o'clock on a Tuesday and I was driving and I stopped right after the doctor's appointment. I stopped and I went to the grocery store and I got some food and there was other people that were out there and I went by the park and I was like, there's a lot of people at the park. I wish that instead of having to go back to work, I could just go to the park noon or 11 o'clock on a Tuesday if I wanted to. And what I realized is that as humans, my personal belief, I don't think that I was put on this planet to work for somebody else and spend most of my waking hours doing something that I don't want to do for somebody else that doesn't really care about me. I could be replaced. And so the way that I thought of it was, you know what, maybe I'll make less money which I was wrong. I mean, I make a lot more money than I did, which is a great thing. But even if I had made, if I made less money right now than I did when I worked for somebody else, I would still be a thousand times happy. I would still be moving to Italy with my girlfriend. I would still be doing all of these things. But as far as, as being stuck is we're stuck in the nine to five of what we feel like we're supposed to do in that safety net. And for me, I realized that the money in my bank account never fulfilled me. I saw my bank account grow and grow and grow, but it didn't fulfill me. And it was the idea that I want to be able to, if I want to go and work from the park on Tuesday at noon, I can go and work from the park Tuesday at noon. I can set up a mobile hotspot on my phone and I can use my computer and I do it all of the time. And that's, that's really for me what I wanted to build and realize that 
you know, what's more important to me, making a bunch of money and a bunch of digits in my bank account or being really happy every single day that I'm alive and feeling like I'm helping other people while doing it. And that's what really made me break free where it was like, I have a safety net. I have the insurance. I have over six figures that I'm making. I'm doing great. I have a house. I have all these things. But what do I really want? Am I, am I alive to work for somebody else and do something that I'm not really fulfilled by? And the answer that I came to was no. And that's really what made me decide to break free. You know, you, you mentioned that, you know, you went to the doctor and you wished you could just go back, you know, not go to go back to work and so on. And I remember in 2011, when I had, I had that same rude awakening, when I thought to myself, this has, you know, life has got to be more than this, you know? I mean, of course I was thinking about it before that, but it was just that particular morning when I was supposed to go and do an interview at a television station. And for, for some reason or another, the date was mixed up. Um, mm-hmm. Well, not the date was mixed up um, because the one producer didn't know that I had been on television the week before. And so the other producer recognized, oh, you can't be there two times in a row. And mm. to get up in the morning to go to that interview it was very, very early. So I had to get up like five o'clock. And then when I when I got up, I recognized that I had to go back in my bed and then get up again to go prepare for work. I'm like, no, life has got to be more than that. And it was mm-hmm. when I just, you know, decided that, started contemplating seriously because I was contemplating before, contemplated seriously about quitting that job and doing my business, which is called Pato Apparel full time. Mm-hmm. So I completely understand where you are. And, you know, a lot of times we have to decide, as you rightfully say, what is more important? Is money in the mm-hmm. bank more important than your fulfillment? And at the end of the day, you know, though money money satisfies a, a wealth and, you know, a host of stuff, um, I believe mm-hmm. that that inner peace that you get from when you're doing something that fulfills you is more important than money. A hundred percent. And it's in reality, we think we want money in order to to buy new things and, and all of that. But really what we want money for, what it comes down to is to be free and to be able to be free to do what we want, what we want with who we want. And when you own your own business and you've gotten it to a point where it's at least profitable and you're able to pay the bills and you're able to feed your children and all of those things, it, you're free at that point. You can do whatever you want. If you want to take a day off, you can take a day off. If you want to, you know, a lot of people want to be able to build a business that they can make money because of the fact that they just want to spend more time with their kids. And you can do that. It, it might take you six months or a year or two years for your company to become profitable. And it might take you weekends, working on the weekends and having sleepless nights. But, you know, if you put that time into it, it is 100% worth it. And if it's something that fills you, then there's, you know, there's nothing else really that should be more important except for fulfilling yourself and living the best life that you can being the happiest that you can with whoever you want to be with, whether that be friends, family, children, all of those things. And final piece of advice for our members of, you know, the peak community that, it, that are listening in. The final piece of advice is this. Um, I had a, a, the last podcast that I was on, someone asked me something to kind of wrap up and I wanted to, to say this and it's, you're going to die. And, uh, and, and when I was, when I was 15 years old, I had the unfortunate um, opportunity, unfortunate event, I guess that, uh, I, my father passed away and he was the very first person that I ever known. I had ever known that passed away. And from the moment on, I re- this is, this is a legitimate thing. He's not coming back. Like I'm going to be in position one day and I'm going to die as well. And it's, it's very true. And I think people know, they know they're going to die, but it's for me, it's very, very 
palpable and real. I think about it all the time where it's like, I'm going to put everything that I can into making sure that I do everything that I can in the time that I'm here and be the happiest that I can every single day. And so if, if somebody has the feeling inside of them, the gut feeling of, I need to do my own thing, or I need to figure out a way to make money on the side to have more freedom with my kids, or I want to travel with my kids or travel with my wife or girlfriend or whatever it is, they need to, if they have that gut feeling, they need to figure out some way to execute on it. You only get one life. If you feel like you shouldn't be working for somebody else, don't waste your life working for somebody else. And so that would be the, the biggest piece of advice I give someone is you are going to die one day. So you might as well do the best that you possibly can in the time that you're here. Remind us of your social media pages. So the Facebook is facebook.com slash MWF motivation and the, uh, which I usually post four to five times a day, motivational stuff to put in people's newsfeed. And then the Instagram is at MWF motivation and and then the, uh, the podcast is MWF Motivation as well. Peak Performers, we have been talking with Rob Dial. Certainly, he has been such a tremendous inspiration to us. He has been to me. And I trust that you had a great time as you listened to the words of inspiration and motivation that he provided while we were having this chat. Rob, thank you so much for coming on The Entrepreneurial You and sharing with us. We truly appreciate it. Of course, it was fun. Thank you so much for having me. That's it, my peak performers. We have come to the end of another inspiring episode of The Entrepreneurial You. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Giving you some extra info here. If you really love the Jamaican culture and want to express that love by wearing t-shirts, then head right over to patwaapparel.com. That's P-A-T-W-A. A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com, patoapparel.com. Until next time, I'm Henneke Watkins-Porto. Remember, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. What good?